Are you looking for a life that has a little bit more meaning? Are you looking for fulfillment and for something a little richer? If you are, you want to stay tuned as we delve into Egypt to Canaan. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. I am so excited to be here for another episode of Book Circle Online. You are back with us, book lovers, and we love you being here. I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas, and again, friendly reminder that you can catch up with us on all of our platforms, bookcircleonline.com, we're streaming on YouTube, and iTunes Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have in studio with me international best-selling author, Stacey Carnaludi. Stacey, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. So Stacey has written a big book. (laughs) We like big books. Uh, The book is titled Egypt to Canaan. I'm going to read the subtitle because it's important. Egypt to Canaan has us wondering, what's this all about? The subtitle actually tells us it's a guide to lasting change and rich fulfillment. So, Stacey, before we delve into the guide, tell me a little bit about the name. What's the title all about? (laughs) Egypt is a a mindset. I like to think of it as a mindset that keeps us limited in life and kind of small. Okay. And um, it leads to lack and defeat. Mm. And Canaan um, is kind of a a mindset of abundance and freedom, um, a, a way of thinking that leads to great things, that leads to big lives, that helps us to fulfill the visions that we Right, absolutely. There's a biblical reference for those of you that are familiar with Bibles and religion. There's a biblical element to the book and the title. Um, And there's a reference there going back to the days of Moses and the Israelites and their journey out of slavery and into the land of abundance. And uh, and a lot of this, Stacey, now backing it up just a moment. You are not only an author, but you're also a life coach. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's um, something that I'm so passionate about, and I've been helping people live freer, more abundant lives forever. Right. <laughs> being paid for it. It's this passion right. that I just carry within me to help. I see potential in
Now, how many times do you wake up and ask yourself, am I really living the life that I'm supposed to be living? Am I fulfilled? Well, we're going to delve into how you can answer that question with author Stacey Carnaluti coming up. This is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Katerina Kazayas, and thank you for joining us on another edition of Book Circle Online. Yes, we know that this is your favorite book reading, book lovers <laughs> platform. And uh, I'm excited to uh, introduce one of the highlights of this week. We have international best selling author Stacey Carnaludi in studio with us. Hello, hello. Thank you for being here. <laughs> so glad to be here. So Hi. we have, I am, I'm excited, folks, because Egypt to Canaan is Stacy's newest book. Stacy is a life coach, she's an author, and she is somebody with a really powerful message. We're going to delve into all of that today. A guide to lasting change and rich fulfillment is what the book is about. The title, Egypt to Canaan, is something we're going to need you to explain to us a little bit. All right. <laughs> uh, Egypt and Canaan both represent mindsets, okay. I believe. And one mindset leads to limitation and lack and defeat in life, mm. um, leads us to live very small lives. And Canaan represents a mindset or a perspective on life that keeps you thinking big and keeps you reaching out beyond your grasp and, and, and pursuing things that are beyond yourself. So freedom and abundance is my heart. And, uh, uh, and heart is what it's all about because yeah. I think, you know, to feel fulfilled, you need to be living from your heart space. Yes. And yes. one of the things that I did, I enjoyed this book because it surprised me. Now, we're going to let Stacy talk to us a little bit about what led to her writing the book and really what the book is about. Um, before you do that, maybe I'll give, I'll give you a, a 101 on what the book is about. <laughs> Stacy's put together a manual uh, and a guide, as she calls it, with life lessons. They're not called chapters, which I enjoyed. You actually call them lessons. Yes. And you take readers through a number of things that they may be wanting to explore themselves as it comes to being more fulfilled with their own life's journey. Uh, can you walk us through a little bit of what led you to write the book, maybe your history, and then we can go and delve into the actual content? Yes. Um, I had experienced quite a bit of worldly success in my life, and okay. by the time I was about 28 years old, um, I started asking those big questions like, why, what's this all about? Um, I noticed that I didn't want kids. I was married at the time, and, and my husband wanted kids, and I didn't want them, and I knew something was off. Mm. Um, one night, I woke up. Um, let me start back a little bit. Sure. I, um, <laughs> I was on my way home from Los Angeles, and I was previewing a, an exercise video that I had done, and I invited a friend to go with me, and it was somebody who I had no business being with at the time, and we were drinking and driving, oh. got in a car accident. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I got arrested that night for oh. driving under the influence. So at about 3 a.m., I remember sobering up in a, a jail cell, and it was a prostitution cell. <laughs> and I was not prostituting at the time, but I can honestly say that I was selling myself short in many areas of my life. I didn't know my value, and um, 
I hadn't really asked those big questions like, who am I really? And so I was sitting in this jail cell with about 10 other very beautiful women. And I remember looking around thinking, you know, we're all in this together. We're just um, probably asking the same questions like, you know, there was just an emptiness. There was just an emptiness. And now, what were you doing before the emptiness? Because you, you you mentioned that you were married. Yes. Um, so you had been married. You've been married now. You were married when, when the accident happened. Yes. Uh, yes. What were you doing career-wise? Was yes. it fitness instructor? I was a physical education ah. specialist. So I was out there implementing award-winning uh, physical education, health-related physical education programs for elementary schools. And I was teaching group exercises uh, classes at elite clubs. Um, in Orange County, all over Orange County, and I was making exercise videos. I had done some for Jane Fonda and for Adidas, and um, so so you so, had, as you mentioned, a, a measure of success. Yes. And actually, with society's check marks, you had the marriage, you had the career, you had the happy home, or so it was, yes. you know, from the outside. Yes. But there was a void. Okay, so yeah. take us now back into the jail cell. So I Ouch. came out of the jail cell. <laughs> The next day, my car had been totaled, so I didn't have a car. And so now the reality was setting in, and I ended up going to court, and they sent me to School 10. And School 10 was a place where everybody who was arrested uh, from driving under the influence had to go and explore their relationship with alcohol. And so at the time, I had no idea that I really had a problem with alcohol or any addiction. Did you have a problem with alcohol, or was this a one-off? Or were you using it at night because you needed Mm -hmm. to get through? Yeah, I was definitely using Mm -hmm. alcohol to numb myself from the pain of not knowing how to express emotion really Mm -hmm. is the bottom line. We don't know what to do with our feelings. And so we work too much. We shop. We do drugs. We drink. We exercise too much. We starve ourselves. Right. We binge eat. Whatever it it is. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And I had kind of dabbled in all of them. So before I knew it, I was at a different, um, sitting in different circles. Funny, this is called Brook Circle. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're sitting in this circle. circle. (laughs) Now I'm in the Brook Circle. Um, But I was in a different 12-step meeting every night um kind of exploring my relationship with alcohol with food with exercise with work with, with all of these vices all of these right vices, yes. right and i was numbing 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 and um i was teacher of the year i took the award money that year and i left my husband i mean it's all oh. there's just so many crazy little um pieces to the all of us have stories right so and your so, part of part of your story is do you think there was somewhere inside you then that knew that this man was not supposed to be the father of your kids yes. right there was something holding you back from starting a family with yes. him and so i i now i know that that i'm glad i trusted that i didn't have have kids with that man and i ended up you know getting out of that marriage and and um and now i i ended up just pursuing truth all of a sudden I was just on this quest to get answers you know what's life all about and I sat in a therapist's office for the first time she said who is Stacy Benson at the time and I just sat there um, and I began to list all of my doings, right? Mm-hmm. All of my, it was like my resume. Well, mm-hmm. she's an aerobic instructor and she's a teacher and she's married to this person and she's accomplished this and this and this and she does exercise videos and she, and, and after I stopped, she said, well, it sounds like Stacy is a human doing instead uh-huh. of a human being. And tears came down my eyes and that was my, you know, like, whoa, my big aha that no wonder I was so empty and so unfulfilled. And so that began my uh, quest. And your quest led you to where? Because I want to take this back a moment. I think there are a lot of people, and I had read a stat the other day, 
58% of Americans right now are unhappy in their daily job life, their yeah. daily career, which I actually thought was a little bit lower. I, I had assumed it would be higher because most people I talk to are miserable on a Monday morning. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's an element of people are not satisfied with where they're at, and yet they don't know what to do about that. Yeah. So you you recognize that there's something broken here. There's something more that I'm supposed to be being how do you then take the next step towards finding out what that truth is? Well, I knew that truth was what freed us. Mm -hmm. And so that was it right there. The truth will set you free. And for some reason, I, I knew that deep down inside. And so I just began to read and go to meetings and, and connect with other people and continue therapy and group therapy and private therapy. and um, all. Did you sudden, dabble into the whole self-help, self-development, yes. personal development world? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And then I met, you know, Marianne Williamson and a return to Amazing. love. And then I started trying to choose love instead of fear in my life. Mm. And I would get sobriety and freedom and I would experience some um, some bliss for a time. And then all of a sudden I would fall back into my old behavior. How does one, how does one, just give me an example of a time where you had the opportunity to either choose love or choose fear. Because it comes down to our perspective, right? And yes. the choices we made. Where's one example where you said, I'm feeling this way, but I choose instead to see it this way. Yeah, it was for me, the fear was feeling. Mm. And that might Feeling sound, at all? Any kind of feeling? Yes. Interesting. And so I think that that sounds so silly, but if you've never learned how to feel or how mm. to express your emotions, I think that this really is the root of um, addiction. Mm. I think most addicts just never learned how to communicate and never learned how to live honestly. And so learning how to be courageously honest with myself, I would have to come home from work and I would lay on the couch and and sit there in silence. Now, that was very frightening to be quiet and listen to what was going on inside and be um, able to just say that I'm sad, say that I'm unfulfilled, say that I feel empty, say that I'm angry. Um, all of those things were scary for me. And so choosing fear would be to drink. Choosing fear mm -hmm. would be to go out and numb right. and to run away from the feelings. But choosing love was to sit with it and let those feelings be my teacher and and take me into some really deep truths that set me free and free, taught yeah. me some yeah and, great and, lessons. I, and I was going to say it's that it's that freedom because you know society for some reason it it tells us that feeling some of the negative emotions is incorrect right you shouldn't be sad and you shouldn't be stressed and you shouldn't be depressed but I think that those are actually emotions that we really need to respect and pay attention to yeah because they're the guidance yeah they're the ones that are telling us, if you're fearful, take a step back and look at the bigger picture yeah. of why. Yeah. If you're sad, what do you need to address? Yeah. And you're right. In a society where the answer is take some Prozac, you know, go, go to the club or whatever it is to yeah. go distract yourself, watch seven hours of a Kardashian marathon, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't sit with self. Right. So you sat with self quietly. And what did self tell you? <laughs> um, all of a sudden, I had an encounter. I mean, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> I had an encounter with the divine. And I think that that's what happens when you sit quietly long enough, you connect to the true source of all of your supply, the source of life, the source of truth and freedom and the way. Um, so the way, so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just keep on this point a little bit because yeah. I want to help open up this onion. So the way you, did you hear it as a voice? Did you feel it as a feeling? Were you instructed? 
um, explain to me what happens and explain when you heard or felt what you heard or felt. Did you know that it was truth? Well, the feeling came first Mm -hmm. and it kind of scared me. And then my voice was unleashed Mm -hmm. and I will never forget the moment I ran into my backyard late at night and I lived on a very busy street (laughs) and I had identified anger Mm -hmm. and um, anger was something that I would never, ever, I didn't go there. And so I guess it scared me. I didn't know what to do with it. But I um, finally got very honest about some injustice and mm-hmm. some truly there are some things that happen to us in life that are just not okay. But I never would go there before. Mm-hmm. Well, I ran into the backyard. The emotion um, began to move inside of me. And I don't know if you've ever felt that before, but it's it's energy. It's mm-hmm. like alive. And when you acknowledge that it's there, it'll begin to move your body. So I went in the backyard and I literally like allowed myself to scream or yell it was like this voice came out of me that broke through every bit of deceit every bit of the lies the masks the fear like like it was like enough it was kind of a lion it was like a roar you know just mm -hmm. like raw I gave voice to the anger and it moved through me and I heard a quote one time that any feeling fully felt is bliss And it's funny because we will push our emotions down for a lifetime and it literally takes maybe 15 seconds. I mean, if you really feel an emotion, it it takes about 50 seconds to move through and out of your body and and you're free. And now you can let that anger be moved to move you in a positive direction. And if we look at any good work that's being done in the earth, it started with a feeling. It started with somebody being courageous enough to feel some anger, to feel some sadness, to feel some passion. And that's what moves us to do crazy world-changing things. World, so, I was going to say world-changing in terms of your passion. Where, what did you do with that? You bottled it up and said, now I'm going to move into helping others yes. find this bliss? Yes. So I began to continue my you know, journey, and I ended up in the Bible. And the Bible mm-hmm. was given to me when I was a little girl. My parents sent me to a Christian school, um, but I never went to church or anything. And a Bible sat on my dresser that my grandma gave me. But um, all of a sudden, a friend came into my life and began to um, spur me on. And her husband was teaching out of the Bible, so I began to read the Bible. And that's where my real encounter with you know, it just began to speak to me. It came alive for me. How so. old were you when, when this happened? Um, 20, 30. Okay. I was 30. 30 yeah. 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 I have a theory and, um, I've done a, another show on this. I call it the transition years. Yes. And it seems as though it happens around, you know, 19 to 20, 29 to 30, 39 to 40, 49 to 50. And you really, somehow you take a look at the 10 years that have just passed You're on the cusp of getting into a new decade, and something really says to you, do I want to continue on this This same path? Mm -hmm. And if I don't, I need to make a change. And major life changes are made on that 29 to 30, or that 39 to 40, or even that, you know, 69 to 70. Yeah. I know some people that are doing drastically different things. I want to go back to your reference about the Bible, because the title itself, Egypt to Canaan, If you are familiar with the Bible, you will have caught this right away. And as Stacey uh, mentioned in the open, it's a metaphor of sorts because Egypt was the land at the time with the Israelites 
uh, of slavery, of oppression, of just a scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And Moses was given the instruction to move these people to Canaan, to a land of abundance. What was supposed to have been geographically an 11-day journey ended up being 40 years. And there's a reason for that. They had to go through what they needed to go through during that period. But talk to me a little bit about um, how the 40-year journey um, may be relevant in people's day-to-day lives. Do you see a correlation there? Yeah, it's uh, we complain and we murmur and we doubt and we have all this unbelief and it takes us so long to get to the places that God's called us. So he has He has provided this promised land of freedom and abundance. There's no reason for us to choose suffering every single day. There's no reason for us to limit ourselves. Our potential is so limitless and our power is so incredible when we're connected to the source of our supply, which is him, our creator. And so... That's what is so crazy is as you're reading about and the the journey of the Israelites is like the backdrop. Mm. So it's this is not going to take you through all right. of the details. It's not a, a true like theology book. But um it's this book is five hundred and twenty one pages, very conversational, very entertaining, and you've read it all, which is so awesome. But it's broken down into forty little bite sized nuggets. Mm-hmm. So it's really um easy to get through and it's and it's fun. But um so this journey of the Israelites is is like we all have an Israelite in us that complains and doubts and murmurs and, and keeps us going around the same mountains again and again and again. And we sabotage success in so many uh, ways that they did as well. And so um, only Joshua and Caleb, these amazing um, spirit-led leaders, you know, made it to the promised land. And that's really who we are created to emulate. And Jesus, he did his, you know, wilderness journey in 40 days instead of 40 years. And so we look to them as our role models and and but we identify with the Israelites because we get it we get it you know we we all stumble and fall but we got to get right back up and realize that there's something so great right. that we carry that um God didn't dangle a carrot out in front of us <laughs> for no reason yeah, for do you no believe reason, that everyone so. is has been put here on this earth with a purpose yes absolutely and I believe that that purpose is it's woven into the fiber of our being mm. and so when you get quiet and still long enough and you stop numbing and escaping and running um sooner or later you tap into that and you get really honest like i know that there's more i know Mm -hmm. there's more all of us know that there's more but few what do they say five percent um of of the population truly lives out their dream and if you think back when you're a kid you probably had some kind of idea of the life you wanted to live in five percent of people are living out their potential yeah that's incredible. That's incredible. Incredibly you know? low and sad. And, yeah. and think about how much we as a collective society are missing out on yeah. because respectively we are not coming to the table with all the power that we can. Exactly. I get very passionate about um, helping reinvigorate people's passion. And I genuinely believe, no, exactly, we, we need to stir it up. And I genuinely believe that if we, I believe that we are put here to really Tap into, you know, what we're supposed to tap into in terms of the gifts that we were given Mm -hmm. um, so that we can then take that, refract that light so that it hits 100 people. Yeah. They then take that passion and refract it. Yeah. And everyone collectively works. So I love the fact that you are 
working in a space where your message is intended to help people get to that point of bliss in their own lives. Yes, absolutely. We are such a connected body. And every dream and vision that we carry requires more than just ourselves to achieve. And so when we get serious about this business of dreaming big and going after our um, you know, manifesting vision, however you want to call it, uh, we hook up with other people and we are led with compassion Mm. and empathy and we begin to really love, like love in selfless ways. You have a quote here. It's actually um, pretty on early on in the book. So for those of you wondering, Stacy's book is, um, it's interesting because I was telling her this offline, but I'll tell it to you here again. I do a lot of reading, you know that. Uh, But one of the things that I loved is it's probably the best contemporary play on getting some of the true quotes and wisdom out of the Bible without being preachy. Yeah. Um, I like that you have called the 40 chapters lessons. They're they're chapters in effect, but she doesn't call them chapters, chapter one, chapter two. It's lesson number one, lesson number 18. And I'm just going to read a few of the titles here so people know what they're uh, what they're looking at. So. Perception is projection. Explain that one. This is lesson number 22. Yeah, I believe that any spiritual practice is a... um, a practice in shifting perspectives. Okay. So we can live according to a a worldly perspective or a temporal perspective or an eternal perspective. And when we rise up like an eagle and we begin to fly high, we begin to see beyond just this thing. You know, we we see with spiritual eyes. And spiritual eyes are great. I'm just going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Spiritual eyes are great, and I like to look big. But the reality is that I have my mortgage to pay and it's come and due in like five days. And, you know, most people's are. How do you balance the day-to-day realities of life with the vision that you see but may not know how to get to? Yeah, this is exciting because the times and the research that that's all coming out right now about creating our own reality because I'm going to create my reality from my thinking, right? Sure. And my speaking and my emotional state, my frequency. And there's, I was going to say, there's there's physics to back all of this. Yes, you know, we yes. used to think of science and religion as being very separate. And it's coming to, to light that they're very much parts of the same coin, just opposite ways of looking at the same thing. Exactly. So yeah. I can take that bill, that mortgage that's coming up, and I can fear, right? I can choose fear and be afraid that I'm not going to have the resources to be able to pay the bill. Or I can, by faith, believe that money comes, that all of my needs are met according to the riches of glory. So. Yeah. According to the riches of glory, you have no. You have a great. You have a great um, story in the book. Again, a practical story because I want to make this relevant to a lot of people. Some people are on a different spiritual plane than others. Yes, I like to think that I'm ascending slowly. <laughs> well, that's only because I find it fascinating. So I've been yeah. delving into it a little bit more. Yeah, you have a a, a, a story exactly to that point in the book about you and your husband. Now we have to say for the audience, you did get remarried. Uh, And you did have three children. Yes. So you did become a mom, (laughs) after all. But you have a story here where you were uh, looking to unload some of your material wealth and had a boat that you were going to sell. That you really didn't want to sell, but you thought, okay, so talk to us, tell me, take me through that story. This is a great story, to your point. As we let go of things, we really do, um, you know, whatever, 
we lose the things that we're attached to. But if we're not attached to earthly things, we can't really lose them. So there's a lot of suffering and sadness that we experience in life just because we're attached to things that we don't need to be attached to. We are spiritual beings that are intended to be attached to a spiritual source of supply. So as I was trying to let go, my husband and I were going through this financial... um, Kind of a purge? Yeah. Okay. It was a study on getting our finances like into the right order. Mm -hmm. And so we had to let go of everything. And so we made a list of all of our assets and all of our actual, you know, material. Sure. What well, can we sell, yeah. right? <laughs> what can we get rid of? What can we sell? And and really it was kind of a just a letting go. And so when we got down to the boat, we had done a lot of water skiing and, and we're, we're boat people. And, and we loved, we kind of fell in love on the boat, right? And so, and we partied a lot on the boat and we had a life before um, we we kind of both had this awakening. Okay. And after we, we started walking, out our new spiritual life, we had a different life that we were living. So the life that we were living before this was just filled with drink, drunkenness yeah, and all kinds of stuff. and this and that. Right, right. And so when it came time to, to let go of the boat, I cried. I thought, oh no, the boat. And I realized I was really attached to the boat and all the memories and, and, um, and yet I felt like God wanted me to let go of it because I think deep down, I thought that God was like a mean God and didn't want us to have enjoyable things. Mm. And that couldn't be further from the truth. He gave us the desires that we have in our heart. So anyways, I let go of it. And within um, the same week, a guy came up to my husband at work and, and said, do you know anybody that might have a ski boat that they want to sell? Because I'm looking for one. <laughs> And Hugo said, well, actually, mine we do. is for sale. Right. And he said, oh, well, how much do you owe on it? What if I pay it off and you can keep it in your garage and I will just use it? We can share the costs of the maintenance. I mean, it was crazy. It was craziness. So I just bawled, you know, just the goodness of God. God wants us to have good things. He doesn't want to take anything from us. He wants to position us for more and more goodness. Goodness is his glory, really. So, And, and, and that's exactly why I wanted you to share the story is because... You could have looked at this and thought, I'm fearful of this loss. Or you could say, I'm faithful that by giving this up, I will receive. And not only did you receive, but you got to keep the boat and somebody paid it off for you. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's great. You know? Yes, so have faith, people. more and more and more stories of just the same thing. And mm. that's what we find. When we let go of these earthly possessions, we, we gain a, a life that is so fulfilling and so filled with purpose and passion that you can't even compare. You can't even compare. Comparing yourself to um, to your old life, very different. Yes. How about comparing yourself to where you thought you'd be by this age? Do you know, I didn't have a whole lot of vision in my old life because I would never think beyond my own ability to achieve something. Okay. So my so life is very that. small. <laughs> I lived a very small life. I, I went to college and got my teaching credential and and my degree and, and, and stepped into the things in life that I could achieved by myself. Well, as soon as I began to dream with God, all of a sudden things became so much bigger than me that as we talked about earlier, I let go of the how question and I just began to visualize and visualize and think on this life that, and it's already buried within you, within you. Uh, There's a life inside of you that you 
might be afraid to look at, but that is the life that you're designed and destined to live. And the resources are here um, to live that life, but you got to believe by faith that they're going to come your way. So um, my life today is beyond anything I would have ever imagined. So now I have vision for the future. (laughs) In a good way, yeah. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about uh, religion versus spirituality. I believe that religion is man's attempt to work their way to God. Mm -hmm. And uh, spirituality is truly an allowance, truly a letting go of... um of all that we, <laughs> all that we think we can do on our own, spiritual a spiritual person truly will begin to receive the grace, mm-hmm. which is kind of a supernatural supply, mm-hmm. and um, they begin to walk very connected to that spiritual source of supply, and it's a relationship. It's a very intimate relationship. Hmm. with something that you can't see, but you know that you know that you know that you're being guided, you're being led, you're being carried, supported, and resourced by something beyond yourself. And that's exciting because, you know, thinking you have to do it all on your own, I mean, you know, we wonder why we run around stressed out. Yeah. How can you possibly do it all on your own? Yeah, you can. Um, You've got a, a couple of cute quotes in here. Complain and remain or praise and be raised. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Right? How many it's... people complain and complain and complain and they just remain stuck and yeah. 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years go by. Yeah. And all they've done is complain. Yeah. And it's the same with worry, right? Mm-hmm. We worry and we worry. And if it worked, I mean, that would be great. If complaining and worrying helped us to get what we wanted in life, then then by all means. Right. <laughs> but it doesn't. And this is where, you know, the neuro, all of the research is yeah. coming back to, to show us that we need to match our emotional frequency with the, the life that we desire. So if I want to live up here, if I'm going to live the high life, I got to step into it by faith before I actually can feel and touch it. I need to believe that it's there. And I can experience that with my imagination. I can get quiet and alone and I can imagine myself in this blissful, you know, promised land. And until my emotional state changes and before you know it, your physical um, reality is reflecting that. You have a great um, lesson in the book called uh, Don't Budget Vision. No, instead of write, write the vision, write the not vision and the not the budget. budget. Yeah, explain that. Okay, one. so that was a bold statement because, of yeah. course, sound teaching always says write the budget. Right, right. When you're right. talking about money, um, and yeah, this I, was this was with respect to wealth creation. Yeah, yeah. And typically, we are told write your budget, list your costs, figure out what you can you know, put into retirement savings, what you can put into your gas fund, what you should put here and there. Uh, And that's also good. And it's so right. And and people get amazing results from that. But I got to a certain point in my life where it just wasn't working. I I just Mm. was like, okay, I keep writing the budget, but I want, I'm supposed to have an abundance to give into every good work. And God told me he gave me the power to create the wealth, but he also wants me to give and then I can receive. And I kept feeling this, like I couldn't give and I kept wanting to give and I couldn't give. And a pastor that I was under at the time said, you're most like God when you're giving. And God wants us to be like little children and to be led, you know, to give. And, and I just had such a longing to do that. And so the budget kept keeping me from giving what I felt so like compelled to, to, to give. And so finally, one day I just heard, <laughs> I heard that message, right? And it was from him, you know, the what lover of my soul, write the vision, not the budget. And I'm like, wow, really? I get to do that? Like, 
wow. Um, and for me, this was crazy because I wasn't even a dreamer. You know, mm-hmm. like I said before, I was a doer. I was one of those very realistic, practical people that just don't talk to me about dreams and imagining. I didn't go there. Um, so all of a sudden, I'm supposed to write the vision instead of the budget. And it talks about that in Habakkuk too. Write the vision. Make it very plain and simple so that when you read it, you can run with it. Or somebody else could even run with so it. So what I was part you of your vision? <laughs> well, I began to... How did you go bigger? Yeah, I, I began to see myself building a house on the main lake and living living in this certain um, area, you know, and I would go over there and I would stand on the land and I would cry. And I was like, okay, is this, is this what you're giving me? I mean, wow. And I just began to allow that to come. I just began to receive and that. And did it come? And it came. We didn't build the house. He gave us a house that was already built. Even better. On the <laughs> other side of the lake. So there was no stress. I don't know if we could have handled building a house at that time. Um, I still kind of think we may build a house, but that is part of the vision of um, for my future. But anyways, uh, yeah, within about five years, we lost that house. So that's the funny thing. You have to be open to however it comes. It comes. Remember how I said I got rid of the how? Right. Because we tend to decide how this blessing is going to come. How is this vision going to be manifest? We don't know the how. We just have to dream. We just have to keep seeing it. So when you say when you say you lost the house, did you mean you swapped it for a better one? (laughs) What what does that mean? Because now I'm thinking you're homeless. Yeah, it was a (laughs) crazy set of circumstances but we ended up walking away from the house with a lot of liquid cash so we didn't like financially Mm -hmm. lose but um he ended up putting us in a house that was just absolutely incredible Mm. on a sandy beach and he He being god yeah god i mean it was so it felt so divinely Mm. orchestrated you know and we had walked by faith through this whole um it was about an eight month um process of of just crazy bad reports and everybody was nervous for us that our house was going to be taken for us we were trying to refinance it was a simple you know innocent thing that turned into turmoil um but anyways every time it looked like bad news i kept shifting my perspective and saying god's got us every single thing works out for my for my good i triumph in all situations under every circumstance, I win. Every time I win. And I just believed that with everything in me. And in the end, I was given an incredible life um, of a fitness studio in my home that women got to count. You know, I just, I mean, one thing after another, a sandy beach, a beautiful, just a beautiful area um, on the lake. So I just am never um, surprised at the goodness of God. <laughs> but you know what? But I but I love that because there's so many people running around here that are just so um, not not just fearful but sad. I see too many yeah. people running around that are sad, yeah. and so I'm loving the passion you're bringing to this conversation because it's a reminder to everyone out there. And your book is very much a reminder of that. Mm-hmm. That with the right mindset, yes, really yes. comes down to that. Yes, and a real choice to say i'm going to choose love i'm going to choose faith i'm going to choose recognizing that the miracles are intended for me yes and your book is a guide to being able to do that so if you are wondering how in the world stacy has managed to get herself to a place where genuinely she's good then you definitely want to pick up her book. Yeah. Stacey, where can we find out more about you, your website? Where can I mean, obviously, Amazon.com. 
people can go and pick up Egypt yeah. to Canaan. Barnes and Noble and Westbow Press, you can get that too. But on okay. stacyc.com, S-T-A-C-E-Y-C.com is my website. Um, and I'll be taking people through a journey. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking groups through the journey. And I'm also working one-on-one with private clients to go through the journey um, to try to get people free and fulfilled mm-hmm. and to get into that joyful place yes. that you know it's possible. But sometimes we just, we're, we were created for so much more. And so that sadness that we sense in a lot of people is just a, a true d- just despondence, you know, mm-hmm. that comes from just one bad report after another and there's no hope anymore. So um, I bring the hope back to Anchor the Soul and give you something real and tangible and strategies that you can implement that will literally transform every area of your life. So that's what my coaching business is about. It's called High Powered Success. So I'm all about getting you connected to your true spiritual source of supply so that you can experience the God kind of life. It's it's It should be abundant and it should be free and it should be just filled with rich fulfillment and lasting change, not just like right. sobriety for six weeks or six months, but I mean true transformation. So very passionate about that. Very passionate about that. Clearly yeah. you are. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed reading this book. I, for those of you that are looking for something that is going to make you uh, become more aware of like Stacy was saying, the abundance, the true abundance that we have the ability to tap into, that we're just, many of us are not, yeah. but that we know somewhere deep inside of us, we know there is supposed to be more. Yeah. Um, please do go pick up Stacy's book. It's a great read. I read it on the plane back and forth uh, a few weeks back. And, uh, and if you're going to be taking any kind of a journey or even sitting by a pool in Mexico, <laughs> you can you can you can still be drinking the pina colada and yes. reading the book yes. at the same time. <laughs> you know, you're becoming spiritual and becoming—it's uh, not even spiritual. Becoming just peaceful yeah. in your own skin. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you know important. what I really learned is that when you're a spiritual being, everything becomes spiritual. Mm. It's okay, not, so like? Yeah, so it's the religion has to go. Mm. The good and bad and right and wrong, all of those those judgments are just limiting our lives. And when you realize you are a spiritual being, then having a pina colada in Mexico becomes a spiritual thing. It's like it doesn't matter. You're a spiritual being, and when you're connected to your spiritual source of supply, you're free to be you you're yeah. not using that pina colada to fill a void anymore you're using it for fun to, to just really appreciate life. the moment right <laughs> yeah. right absolutely yeah um stacy carnalucci carnaluti i'm sorry carnaluti uh <laughs> with egypt to canaan a guide to lasting change and rich fulfillment uh bonus material in the back that you yeah, are not going to want to miss i was surprised with the amount of extra material you're giving us here yeah. thought-provoking and um and very much a resource to helping all of us move into that next step of life, which is going to be not only good for us, but good for everyone. Stacey, thank you so very much for being here today. Yes, thank you for having me. Do go to Stacey's website, have a look. She is physically located in Southern California, but available in this digital media age uh, all over the internet. Uh, You can reach out to her. Uh, Again, you can reach out to us at any time here at Book Circle Online. If you are an author, we would love to chat with you. And if you are a reader, well, then stay tuned with us because... That's what we do here is read and chat. I'm Katarina here for Book Circle. We'll see you again next time. From executive producers Kevin Undergaro, Maria Menunos, and Jeffrey Masters, thanks for tuning in to Book Circle Online. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment. To suggest a book title or their author, you can tweet us at Book Circle On. This is Book Circle Online. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs>